Hello everyone, this is episode 592 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Friday, nope, Wednesday, January, nope, February 20th, 2019. I am your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'll be talking about the Liar Princess and the Blind Prince, Future Grind, some more Apex Legends, and a handful of David Lynch movies. And I'm going to get right to it with the Liar Princess and the Blind Prince, which, right off the bat, I hate the title. I hate it because I second-guess myself every time I say it or write it, thinking, is it the Lion Princess and the Blind Prince, or does the Prince come first? I don't know. But I think I'm right with it being the Liar Princess and the Blind Prince. And it's, it's true. The Princess is a liar, and the Prince is blind. And you know how the Prince got blind? It was the princess, who wasn't a princess at the time. She was just a wolf. But now she's a princess, a faux princess, who can turn into a wolf, as she so chooses. And what stands out about the game right off the bat is the art. It has this beautiful, sketchy, hand-drawn aesthetic, which is lovely to look at. It's it's a gorgeous game. The animation, I, it could be smoother. I, the animation is fine as it is, but it could have been a bit better but it doesn't take away from the art not really uh, in any significant way and then the story was it is not was it is surprisingly good it's better than i was expecting i I thought it would be a real throwaway i don't care let me just skip 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 type of story but this story is strong and it's well written and that's important because it's very top heavy with story in the first 30 minutes I probably played five minutes of that uh, 30 minutes. And played is a loose term because it was really just a, I don't want to say glorified, it was just a tutorial that said, hey, if you push the analog stick in that direction, you'll you'll move in that direction. I'm like, yeah, yay, I I never would have guessed. But the the story is a good one. It's, It's... like a fairy tale, maybe it's based on a fairy tale, I don't know if it is, but it feels very much like a fairy tale, and it's delivered in the the beginning with a lot of text. There's no cinematics, uh, there are no cinematics, and no, uh, not even motion comic type of cinematics, it's just text with art behind it. And I liked it, because I thought it was well-written and interesting, but I also hated it because I find that kind of way of delivering story in a game specifically to be very tedious and it makes me check out sooner than I would otherwise. It is in no way engaging to read off a TV screen. I don't find that enjoyable. It is the way I would least like to consume a story in a game. But, you know, if that's that's the way it is, that's the way it is. Uh, Another example of this was uh, Lost Odyssey, which had a lot of... I I think there were letters in the game, but they they were long, and there was a lot of reading, but they were beautifully written. And they were just these wonderful stories. And because they were so well-written and just lovely on all fronts, it was worth it. It made up for the way in which they decided to, to tell a story. And so while I like the story, I do think it would have been nice if they could have done something a little bit 
more engaging in terms of the way they deliver the story. And the story is that this wolf sings on top of this cliff in this cursed forest that nobody really goes into. And she has a beautiful voice. She sings there every night. And this young prince starts to venture into the forest because he hears this voice and he wants to listen to it. So he goes there every night and he listens to her. And when she's done singing, he applauses. And at first, the wolf is a little hesitant about this this young boy, this human, because of her history with humans. But she quickly starts to really appreciate that he finds so much joy from her singing. But just in case he tries to see who's singing to see her, she runs away after she finishes singing every time because he doesn't because she doesn't want him to find out that this beautiful voice that he loves is coming from the mouth of a monster of a wolf. But on one night when she's singing, he starts climbing up the cliff. And when she finishes, she doesn't hear his applause and she gets a little concerned. And then he pops up and she, being startled by this, instinctively just tries to push him off the cliff, which still sounds bad. But she just tried to like push him away, cover his eyes so she, so he can't see her before you know he has a chance to. But instead, because she has these you know, wolf giant claws, you know, she doesn't have regular hands, uh, she ends up swiping his face and just destroying the upper part of his face, making him blind. And because he ends up blind, his family throws him into a dungeon, essentially, because he's so hideous to look at and everything. And he's like, you know, the, 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 the ugly child that no one wants to talk about anymore. And when she learns of this, she wants to break him out and give him his sight back because there's a witch in the woods who can grant any wish. And she sees the witch first to get a human form so that she can bring him to the the witch because she can't take him as she is because he'll be scared, being that she's the one who made him go blind. And, and so you go on this journey after all this setup and everything to take him to the witch through these cursed woods full of monsters and pitfalls and bridges that are moved by mechanisms, which seems weird for this forest, but who cares? The problem with the liar princess and the blind prince is that despite the beautiful art and the interesting well-told story, it is not fun to play in any way, shape, or form. I hated playing every single second of this game. And it was a real letdown because I love the art, like I said, more than once at this point. I really love the art. And I'm intrigued by this story. There's been a bit more since the, the opening. Uh, there was a time where he was hungry, the prince was hungry. And so the princess brought him some raw meat. And... She was so excited that he was going to try the meat and love it. She's like, oh, this is so delicious. It's like one of the most delicious things. And I'm going to be able to give it to him. And I'm going to get to see how delicious he finds it. And then he tries it. And, of course, he doesn't like it. He's like, what is this? What am I eating? And she learns that, oh, he, he doesn't eat. You know, they don't eat raw meat where he's from. 
they cook it over fire and fire is something she's very scared of so then she's just like eh, you know what i'm just gonna go get some fruit forget the meat uh so i really i like all that but i hate the game and playing it because one of the key aspects of it is holding the hand of the blind prince because he's blind and pulling him along the way and it's a pain in the ass you have to hold down the box button. I'm playing on PS4. I think it's also on Switch and PC. And it's just really tedious. And what makes it more tedious than anything is that if you're not next to the prince, if you leave him off because if an enemy attacks him, he's dead. You know, one hit, one kill. So there will be times where you have to leave him, turn into your wolf form, and then attack enemies, which sucks the fighting feels like shit because there is no depth to it there are no combos or, or anything other than just smashing the box button and it seems like you are invulnerable as the wolf maybe that'll change later on i'm about an hour in and i think it's roughly probably like a four hour game uh, but the the fighting is garbage it feels terrible uh, there's nothing satisfying about it but when you leave him to go off and do this or that, maybe you have to solve a puzzle to open up a pathway for him. You have to then go back to him and grab his hand. You can't call for him and he can hear your voice and then go to you, which is one of the dumbest things this game does. Maybe the, It's probably the dumbest thing this game does and what makes it extra terrible. I don't think adding that feature, that functionality would have fixed the experience, but it would have made it a lot less tedious. I hate having to go grab him by his hand and the fact that he's just so stupid he can't listen to me and come when I tell him to come because I can't tell him to come. They won't let me. It's stupid. And sometimes, even if I'm right on him, it won't grab his hand. And you have to be pretty close regardless, which can be annoying. I'm just like, just fucking grab my hand or go. And you later are given the ability to tell him to walk forward a certain like a specific amount of spaces but that's not that isn't that helpful in most cases uh you know there are certain puzzles where you'll have to do that but it's nothing particularly <laughs> special uh and like i said the attacking feels horrible the puzzles aren't too taxing on the brain or anything and it's just it's a, a miserable game to play <laughs> and i just i hate so much about it and, and playing it there was this one point where i got up to an area as a princess and then i went to this area that i can only fit in in princess form and when i walked in there for you know just maybe a, a foot or so it then spawned in this boar who charged at me and the way you defeat this boar is then you just quickly back out of that space instead of going forward it's not like you have to outrun the boar and maybe jump over things like that which could be somewhat interesting no you just back away a little bit turn into wolf form and then kill it and then it won't respawn okay really great design there uh so so the liar princess and the blind prince is a game that is beautiful it has an interesting story, but just from a design standpoint, from a gameplay standpoint, it just doesn't feel good, and it's not particularly well-designed. And that's really disappointing, because it makes 
a good first impression. It, it makes a good first impression with the art and the story, though I, like I said, I wish it would have let me play it sooner. Because I, for me, and I think a lot of people, as much as I love art and games and story and all that, gameplay is the most important thing. For me, games are about playing first and foremost, and then everything else is, is secondary. Because no matter how beautiful a game is, no matter how great the story is, if it doesn't play well, I don't give a shit. And for most people, for a lot of people, that's the, the way they feel. A perfect example of this is Red Dead Redemption 2. I, I don't think a lot of people would say that it is an ugly game or that the story is shit or the characters are shit or this or that. But what plenty of people will say is that the game feels like shit and you know the, the pacing might be bad. But a lot of people complain about the feel of the game, the shooting, the, the, the speed of your character, the character movement and all that and stuff like that. Uh, you know, the lack of fast travel which isn't exactly gameplay but a lot of people do hate the shooting and probably more so than that the character movement and so regardless of how great the the other aspects of the game are that surround the gameplay it, it doesn't matter because if a game doesn't feel good who cares it's a game first and foremost and what do you do with the game you play it if I want to experience a fantastic story with great visuals, I can watch a movie. You know, if I want to read a great story, I can read a book. I don't I don't need to play a game to get a great story or to see really cool visuals. I can look at a piece of art. But I can't play a movie or a book or a piece of art. I can play a game. But so that's that's the, the most important part of a game. And with the liar princess and the, the blind prince, despite it having a lot of good sides, the most important part is its worst side. And that's a bit of a disappointment. Uh, moving on to Future Grind. This is a arcade game where you are grinding on rails on a two-wheel vehicle. And it's really rad. <laughs> I was very pleasantly surprised by this. This is also a game I'm playing on PS4. I think it's it might be on Switch as well. But I'm really into this. I'm 28% through the game. So it doesn't seem to be too long. I don't think there are any options outside of just the main campaign, which is a bit disappointing. It might be cool if they had some kind of level creator or something because it, it would. I think it would be really uh, perfect for a level creation type of tool. Um, but you have this motorcycle looking type of machine though you'll get ones that look a little bit different and you have two wheels on it at the very beginning they're the same color wheel well even on some of the later levels they're the same color wheel and you'll have a handful of rails in a level you know on 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 like two levels you know some will be high some will be low and what you're trying to do is hit the rails that are uh, the same color as your wheels. There will also be white rails that are neutral that you can land on it on any color wheel. But then there will be other ones that are different colors that you don't want to hit. Uh, in the very beginning, I think you're like this pink color, both your wheels. And you want to hit the, the pink rails. 
and you can hit the white rails as well but if you hit the white rails what's important about that to note is your combo is broken you keep your combo going and increasing by hitting colored rails white rails break your combo uh, but in the beginning you're this pink thing you want to hit the pink rails and then avoid the yellow rails then after that your next vehicle has one pink wheel one blue wheel and so it becomes way more interesting at that point as you are trying to hit these different rails that are different colors and, and make sure that one of the the, the pink uh, wheel does not hit the blue rail and vice versa uh, and what I really like too about the way the campaign or whatever you want to call it is set up is that each level has three different missions it's the same layout for the level but the first mission is always a score attack so you just want to get the highest score you can spin your your little vehicle a whole bunch of times that's how you do tricks and increase your score uh, and of course uh, by comboing it and then the next two missions will have some kind of specific objective whether it's to do some hang grinds or get your combo up to this level or do this type of spin or this many spins etc and what i love about that setup is that if i was trying to complete one of these objectives while also getting a high score it would be a pain in the ass so I appreciate that the, the high score is just left in its its own level where you don't have to worry about anything other than getting a high score because doing that and spinning like crazy and all that jazz makes it so that trying to actually accomplish another goal at the same time would be terrible. But it's it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, you, know, the, you, hold, you press the X button, you have a double jump to jump. And you hold it to do a, a hang grind off the uh, top rail. Like if you're hanging uh, at a top rail from the bottom uh, underneath it, like basically off the ceiling of that rail, uh, or it would be the ceiling to you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I was finding that funny. But um, you hold X for that, uh, and you can double jump, like I said. Uh, and it's fun. It's, it's pretty simple. It's short. But I'm getting a kick out of it, and when it's over, I probably won't return to it. You know, I don't. I don't have much desire to get golden the score tags or anything. But I'm gonna enjoy it while it lasts, and maybe there'll be more levels added in the future or something. But uh, I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. I played it for a little under an hour, maybe like 45 minutes. I'm having a real blast with it. And it's another great thing about these types of games. An important thing is that you press the triangle button, boom, you restart the level. No no delay, no load, which is really important in these games where it's easy to, to F up. Uh, the one thing, though, that I do hate about the game is the UI. I think the UI is this messy, overcomplicated, busy piece of crap that doesn't need to be as busy as it is, that has some... A semblance of a story i guess with these like social media or text messaging type of messages that i don't give a shit about and they just get in the way and it's just it's just a, it's just a bit of a mess way more of a mess than i would have expected in a game like this uh just so so fucking busy uh, but that is future grind and i like it <laughs> and then just to talk about apex legends briefly i i'm playing it way more right now and I've come to the realization that I really 
like Apex Legends. I like it a lot. I won my first game, which felt really good. And I'm just having a blast with it. Even if I'm on a team that is exceptionally shitty, whether they just all go on their own separate way and then they die and then I'm left by myself and run into a group and get murdered by three people who are working together. Uh, that's not good. Or if I'm playing with two people who may be doing a party chat or something and they're just really selfish, uh, that's that's probably the most annoying team to play with, uh, teammates to play with. It's just somebody who picks up every bit of ammunition regardless of what weapons they have. And if there aren't a lot of weapons in the space right at the beginning and they already have an assault rifle and a shotgun, they are too selfish to drop one so that the whole team is equipped. Uh, that kind of stuff is annoying. But when you're on a good team working together, it feels really, really good. I'm having a blast with it. And I wish I felt more inclined to buy the loot boxes and, and shit like that. Not because I, I want to buy a bunch of loot boxes, but just because I'd like to support the game. And, and at some point, I probably will put some money into it. Maybe if they add a battle pass type thing or whatnot, but I, I find nothing about what is currently available to purchase all that desirable. Uh, but hopefully that'll change. So yeah, Apex Legends is fantastic. It's free. If you haven't tried it yet, give it a go. I'm curious how this is impacting Fortnite. You know, not that I think it's going to kill Fortnite, but I'm wondering if Fortnite at this point, and maybe even prior to Apex Legends, if it did hit a wall, if its if its growth has started to decline, because when I was playing and when I did hear people talking on mics, they did mention Fortnite a lot and how they, you know, jumped to Apex and how it's so different. It's like this is not Fortnite. Like here, it's you're you're right. This is not Fortnite at all. Uh, it's better than Fortnite. Way better. But uh, what Fortnite has is that you're a third person. So selling loot boxes and getting character skins is much more tantalizing. Anywho, that's Apex Legends. Not much else to say about that. Winning was fun because that was the first time I've ever won any uh, Battle Royale game. I've gotten... And second in Realm Royale a handful of times. I think I I was in the top five once or twice in PUBG. I, I still, I always think about going back to PUBG, but I never get around to it. And then Fortnite, I don't know. Who cares? Anywho, moving on to David Lynch movies, and then I'm going to wrap this show up. So I've decided to start watching David Lynch movies Mainly because, well, one, I wanted to get around to them at some point. And my excuse for getting around to them now is that I picked up last year, I think in like November, the David Lynch documentary that Criterion released. And I want to watch his movies before watching the documentary in case he might talk about them. Even though I don't think it's it's that important. It's just a nice excuse to actually watch them. And so I've watched Wild at Heart. Blue Velvet, Eraserhead, and I'm almost done with Mulholland Drive. And I've come to the conclusion that I am 
a big, big, big fan of David Lynch's brand of surreal nonsense. It's it's all garbage, whatever, crap, and I love every second of it. My favorite movie that I've seen is Wild at Heart because it is the most fun of the bunch. Eraserhead is real real weird. You know, it's 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 much smaller. It was his first feature length film. You know, not much of a budget, and it's just it's a it's a weird little thing. And I, I liked it. I didn't love it or anything. And then Blue Velvet is much more, and this and this is the the same for Mulholland Drive. It's much more melodramatic and about a, a mystery and what's going on and, and all those kind of questions and what have you, and and feels reminiscent of Twin Peaks, whereas Wild at Heart is just fun. It's just a silly, fun, stupid movie, and I love it. I love it, and it's ridiculousness, and it's it's Lynch and Cage working together is just great. Uh, Willem Dafoe <laughs> was delightfully ridiculous as well. Uh, all the Wizard of Oz stuff in it is so stupid. Um, but I'm having a blast with it, so... That's good. I, I was I was worried that I might not like it because I don't know. Prior to this, I've only seen Twin Peaks, the first two seasons, and Firewalk with Me and the Missing Pieces, which are uh, both glorious train wrecks. I, I think Firewalk with Me is a horrible movie that is enjoyable for how horrible it is. And then the Missing Pieces takes all the parts that were cut from Firewalk with Me because they're even more ridiculous and stupid and horrible and then splices them together in a absolute mess that is baffling and nonsensical and absolutely wonderful. Uh, so yeah, that's that's been a good time. But that's pretty much all I've been watching. I'm I'm almost done with the raid too, which I'm finally I finally got around to watching, and it's been a really good time. Bit long. I would have liked it to be two hours and not two and a half hours. But uh. Some really good action in it, of course. And a surprisingly great story. But, uh, yeah. That will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or Attack the Backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelatedsausage and watch both of them there. If you see something you like, no. Uh, in addition to the podcast, you can also check out some anime reviews and other nonsense over there on the YouTubes. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com and check it all out over there. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and everything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that away. And as always, thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed this here episode. Also, if you're listening, thank you for listening. There are more listeners than watchers, so definitely thank you for listening as well. Hope you enjoyed it again, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.